You are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Amoda Ma podcast. Today I'm going to be talking with Amoda about the um, definitive and extraordinary statement that Krishnamurti once made. The difference between me and you is that I don't mind what happens. He said this sometime, I think in the 1960s. I know for myself, when I actually read and fully digested uh, um, that that statement, it uh, stayed with me and completely shattered something in me that has, you know, stayed with me ever since. So <clears throat> it's a profound statement, and uh, I'm going to be kind of probing a motor Ma, to explore it a little bit more, to go a bit deeper with it, what it means to her, what it means in the context of the teaching that she offers. And uh, so let's let's dive in, Amoda. The difference between me and you, Krishnamurti said, when asked by his students, I think, at an event, is that I don't mind what happens. Now, this... seemingly simple statement that on a, on a superficial level can mean one thing on the deepest level. However, it contains almost, I guess the entire spiritual journey of enlightenment itself. How do you, how do you speak to it? How does it, land in you how do you how would you like to in, invited to explore this what would you like to say well let's look at that almost literally i don't mind what happens that's referring to the mind's tendency to wrap itself around experience, to wrap itself around the content of my experience. What does that mean? It means the mind weaves a narrative around its experience, a narrative uh, that comes from uh, comparing it to past experience, whether this experience is better or worse, to my liking or not to my liking, whether it reminds me of success or failure. And all this happens very automatically. Yeah, So it's just a sort of automatic, uh, I guess Krishnamurti would say, automated, we're automatons, yeah, of when we experience something, a feeling, a sensation, even a thought, any wave of the human experience that passes through consciousness, 
passes through awareness, the mind's the mind tends to wrap itself around that. And in that, we create the dichotomy of craving and aversion. We either like the experience, want to hold on to it, or we don't like the experience and want to reject it. And so here we are caught in the wheel of suffering. To not mind what happens is to... see through that automatic mechanism of mind and to have no mind that wraps itself around the experience it's a it's a it's a naked experience it's a fresh experience it's not weighed up by mind and therefore there's no inner division that takes place and no suffering. It is freedom. The freedom of being totally okay with what happens. To the, <clears throat> the small self, egoic mind, the, the statement is anathema. It's almost becomes horror itself. <clears throat> and when I can hear it railing, what on earth do you mean? I don't mind. You don't mind what happens. How can that possibly be? Surely there's some degree of minding what happens. Uh, yes, to, to, to the small self, to the... A personhood to the mm, yeah. unexamined self, to the self that is bound by its limited identity as as this as this self only. Um, it is anathema because to it, it seems to imply you don't care. You don't, I don't feel, care. I, I don't, don't care, care. I don't happens. feel, um, I'm unemotional, I'm, you know, un, there's no feeling sense here. It's a not caring kind of stance. But we, we, yeah, we have to listen carefully to what this is saying. This is saying, I don't mind what happens. I am not applying my mind to what is happening. I am not employing the small mind, the acquisitive mind, the finite mind to to weigh up my experience and therefore create this problem of I need to hold on to it or I need to reject it. So it's pointing back to whether we meet reality from a divided state or an undivided state. To meet reality from an undivided state does not mean you don't care. It doesn't mean you don't feel. It means that whatever you're experiencing, you're not limited Limiting it, 
You're not squeezing it. You're not contracting around it from a mental position, from a thought-based position. And therefore, there is freedom, the freedom to feel, the freedom to be intimate with what is. So it's a whole different dimension of reality, we could say, and more, let's say, contemporary language, spiritual language, non-dual language, that we meet reality without a story. We meet reality without an argument. That still does not negate feeling. (laughs) That still does not negate whatever our response is. But from the meeting place of, from, 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 from an undivided state, not a thought-based state or opinion-based state or belief-based state, there can be depth of feeling without argument. We can feel pain. We can feel the intensity of an emotion, but we're not arguing with it. We argue with, when we argue with it, we're saying, I shouldn't be feeling this. I shouldn't be feeling this. I shouldn't be experiencing this. This shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. Well, this is nonsense (laughs) because it is happening. Just because I'm experiencing, uh, discomfort or uncertainty or intensity doesn't mean it shouldn't be happening. (laughs) So we have to examine that statement, not from the place of the, uh, the position of the, uh, shall we call it unexamined self, a self that doesn't know its true nature. Because then it sounds flippant. I don't mind what happens. What happens? Yes, I don't care. Yes, exactly. I don't care. So anything can take place. It's not my business. I, I, I wash my hands of the human experience. It really isn't that. It's a depth of equanimity that doesn't displace depth of feeling, openness of heart. So it's not necessarily a, a, a kind of resigned state as you're talking, you know, as, you, as you're saying. It's not a rolling over, you know, and saying, oh, whatever, whatever happens, I, I don't care. It certainly is not a place of resignation. Again, it's not from the place of the small self or the small mind. It's the acquisitive mind. It's an aspect of mind. It's one small dimension, the surface of mind, which is where most people are operating. <laughs> yeah. Or at least the un- unexamined self is operating in a very narrow band of mind. And that's the mind that is task based, functional. When we are performing a task, 
then it's valuable to weigh things up, to compare, to categorize, to analyze. Then that aspect of mind is very useful, in fact, necessary for the human being. But when it comes to meeting life, being with life, and either living a life of suffering, inner suffering, inner division, inner conflict, inner argument, or living a life, a liberated life, a life of inner freedom that is not dependent on circumstances, is not dependent, my freedom is not dependent on circumstances, on what happens. Well, then we cannot employ that mind. We do employ that mind in the, in the unexamined state, but it's not functional. It's not intelligent to employ that aspect of mind. We must come to know the true nature of mind, the true essence of mind, which is beyond this limited bandwidth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Really what every spiritual teaching or tradition points to, sky nature. Sky mind. Awareness. Sky that, mind, sorry, yes, mind. sky mind, uh, open awareness. We get, it's easy to get mixed up, for people to get mixed up between mind of the of the small self, let's call it, the egoic mind, and then, the, uh, you know, within the next sentence, mind is not just thrown aside, it's actually sky mind, which is the vastness of, of being, if, in a way, is this correct? Yes, I mean, from the limited perspective, from the perspective of, let's call it self-ignorance, not knowing true nature, not knowing your essential self, then there is only small mind. So then this whole conversation is <laughs> in some ways nonsense <laughs> or not understandable, but we're pointing to at least where there is a glimmer of the journey inwards to know oneself. And from that, you know, deepening into that that true self, the seeing or knowing that mind is not limited just to this finite egoic mind, but is actually mind as awareness itself. Mind like the sky, which is open, unbounded. Awareness is a quality of that mind, just as silence or openness is a quality of sky. And within that, there are happenings, <laughs> there is weather, there is movement, yeah? there is an ever-changing scenery. S sky nature or sky mind has the capacity of awareness and so is aware of that weather, of that movement, of that content, that's mind call it big mind, sky mind, that's the true nature of mind. The mind that focuses in on the specifics of the content, the experience, is one aspect of mind. And Am I right then in, in uh, thinking when 
the phrase, the difference between you and me, I don't mind what happens. Who then is the I that Krishnamurti is speaking of? Ultimately, I is is awareness itself. Right. So, because that's easy to get mixed up, yeah? Because if I took that as a statement that I read kind of in a book and I didn't, wasn't living with you. <laughs> I I could take that as, uh, as I Cavi, you know, who's fighting hard to control his life because it keeps spilling out all over the place has to s- somehow decide even against my nature and my will, what feels like it. I don't mind what happens. Well, which creates a complete catastrophe in my life. But is it that me? Is it me? Well, one <laughs> Krishnamurti would would only be speaking from that which has been realised. Right. Once, so he's talking once, from realisation. Well, you you can't possibly not talk from self realisation once there has been self realisation. It doesn't negate the the personhood. You haven't become another caricature of yourself. But you can only speak from that because the whole perspective changes. The whole pers- perspective on reality changes. The whole relationship to reality fundamentally changes. So you can only speak from that. Even though one may still use the word I, one has mm. to refer to something <laughs> that is that is experiencing this. Um, that I is not referring to the small I, it's referring to the the self-realized I, which we could say ultimately is awareness itself. It is awareness itself, but it has to be um, if you like, channeled through this individuation. Therefore, you have an individuation called Krishnamurti <laughs> saying I. Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh, um, in a sense, what he, what he, as the individuation, is saying is is enlightenment doesn't mind what happens on the level of the wave, on the level of form. Krishnamurti is an an enlightenment. Yes. Uh, yes. You know that's a, that's an important one to know. I hadn't really yes. thought about that yes. before, but that I says a lot. It does. It? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, it's easy to jump to the don't mind what happens, but actually one needs to investigate what the, what what's the I speaking? Who who is that I that's speaking? That's right. Here? That's right. Yes. Yes. So it's it's a it's a radically uh, different uh paradigm that changes everything. It changes the way we see things. It changes the way we relate to things. Still, there are feelings. Still, there is depth of feeling. Still, there can be pain, whether it be physical pain or even psychological pain. But in that shift in perspective, it's a shift from ego to being, ego perspective, which is small mind, to being perspective. I, I am being, we could say a synonymous. The realization of being is the I. Yeah. Um, 
that's a radical shift. And from that place, we can naturally meet whatever is arising, whatever is happening on a circumstance level, and whatever is arising on an internal level. We can meet that without the argument. If I feel pain, if I feel sadness, if I feel irritation, if I feel, yeah, there is no mind creating a narrative out of it. This shouldn't be happening. It is simply a wave or a movement within the I, <laughs> within the beingness. To reject it or to, to sort of reject it with the, the unspoken statement, this shouldn't be happening, is like trying to cut yourself off yeah. from life itself. Yeah, in, in this depth of self-realization that we're speaking of, I and life are one. So to reject anything, to try and separate oneself from anything, even if it's my the feelings that I'm feeling, is self-harm, if you like. Suffering, yeah. And that's suffering. I mean, this is a... I say again, this is a, 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 a phenomenal, you know, to actually be able to embrace the I don't mind what happens is, is, is the end of, like you say, it's the end of the argument. I, um, just as an example of this that comes to mind right now, um, I was once teaching, a, uh, holding a, a, a retreat in Greece. Yes, you remember when I went I to remember. Greece a I long time there, ago. I remember, but I remember. No, one of my early, uh, early invitations. Yes. And it was outdoors in, I think it was a kind of yurt. Ah, yes. Um, yes, yes. But the outdoors was in a small Greek village and it backed onto a, you know, narrow street. It was up in the mountains somewhere. And we had a wonderful group of about 20. Um, and we fell into deep silence at times during the, the, the meeting sessions. And that was wonderful. <laughs> and then the silence would get interrupted by two Greeks <laughs> just on the other side of the wall by the yurt on the street, arguing, <laughs> literally arguing. We had no idea what it was about. but <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the group would get restless and, uh, yes, there'd be some complaining about it and uh, can't we find a quieter place to meditate and be silent and all this. And so it went on for a bit. And then at some point, we had a whole 
teaching, if you like, that arose from that, yes. which was profound, which is exactly this. <laughs> to pay no mind to that which is in the field. The argument of the men, the voices of the men was appearing in the field of open awareness as we sat here. And there was simply this open awareness, which we can also call silence, without much content in it. Then there is a sound, yes, another happening, another wave in this open awareness. And then the thoughts arise, this shouldn't be happening. And so the argument really begins. The external argument becomes the internal argument. And who is suffering? The individual who is having these thoughts about the argument and the noise and so on. And so a division has been created. So this became the whole teaching, how to allow it, how to be with it, how to embrace it, how to not mind, even if it makes a little bit of discomfort inside or irritation, to not mind. To not mind means do not create a storyline, a thought that this shouldn't be happening because I'm meditating and I need to meditate. So one's own discomfort can be allowed also, you're not fighting yes, against your own that's discomfort. Right. That's yes. an important point. All of it. External is triggering the internal discomfort. Even that. And what we're what we're arguing with is not just the noise. We're arguing mm. with the discomfort that's arising in me. It could be a physical discomfort. It makes me restless. Yeah, fidgety. It could be a mental discomfort. And then it becomes an emotional discomfort. And then we're fighting against that. And then the story comes. And then the story comes. This shouldn't be happening because discomfort should not be experienced in meditation. It should be absolute bliss. So we take that and we really take that in. Then we can just be. And anything and everything can be happening. We can be in the midst of the marketplace. And still, there is this. It's not a state of bliss. It it is on the deepest level, but it's not the state of bliss that the mind imagines it to be, which is kind of pristine, rarefied, nothingness. Bliss is the acceptance of it. Yes. It's a vast openness. So this is very powerful. It's such a simple, um, you know, ordinary situation. Yeah. Two men in the street speaking loudly. Yes. And we should be meditating. That's what we're here for. And all of this is, is a vast <laughs> teaching well, in itself. Can I just say, I've got two things to say to that. One is, uh, is I know this for my, I mean, I really know this for myself and uh, my lifelong journey has been to exactly this, but also I was reading a book by Osho, um, where one of his students or somebody was complaining to him about, he couldn't sleep because the dog was barking kind of down the road and Osho in his kind of delightful, powerful way. So there is no dog barking. It's your mind is barking. Your mind is barking. And I was like, how can that, how can he, how can that? And the other one was when we first went to India and we did that outdoor yoga kind of uh, retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was called. It was insight meditation. Insight meditation. 
And I was separated from you for the first time in ever, I think. And I had to, in, in my first time in India, and for 10 long days, I had to endure the sound of Indian festivals, Indian noise. And uh, it really broke me in two because I could find an argument with every single aspect of it. A profound teaching. You know, I've, I've, I've journeyed with this, you know, ever since really I've known you and before the argument, you know, so that's why this is, you know, and it's, it's not a fixed place. It's an ongoing relationship to me. That's what I, that's my experience of it. When I do find, have found myself minding what happens, here's the, here's the teaching. It comes straight to my mind so quickly. I actually, I do mind what happens. Well, how can it be? What difference is it going to make? Why am I fighting? I could, because the suffering, you know, is becomes acute when you're acutely aware of it. The suffering is more acute when you're unconscious. Suffering is just normal in a way. But when you've been in peace and then suddenly the suffering comes again because you're arguing with somebody down the road, you shouldn't be using that leaf blower or something. Why not? <laughs> So can I, can I ask you, uh, um, it's going to be a very simple but very difficult question, how to do this? No, no how to. There's no formula. Is there a practice? Noticing how much suffering is created by the argument right. is almost the poison that becomes the medicine. To notice the suffering, you just said it, when you notice the suffering, when you're unconscious, you don't no, even see, notice yes. the suffering. <laughs> but when you notice the suffering, that you are suffering because you're arguing, you still don't know what to do about it. There seems to be no volition, no will that can be applied to it, no remedy, mm. but you notice it. That The noticing becomes, uh, let's call it the mm. grit. Yeah, the, the 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 grit in the in the, in the shoe, <laughs> yeah, or the the grit in the in the oyster. It's uncomfortable. It's yeah, you want to get rid of it, but you don't know how. But if you continue to see it, something shifts. Some perception shifts. And that becomes the pearl, that becomes the medicine, the remedy. What is that shift? You could call it a softening, a softening of the mind's argument, the softening of the mind's need to control reality. Yes, I was asking. Because the mind about... can see that it cannot create, uh, control reality. <laughs> That's right. And there it is. Yeah. There it is. And then a whole, um, let's call it, 
inner dimension of of personal self-inquiry, which I, I, I will not give a formula to, otherwise it becomes a formula, but it starts to happen by itself. For instance, uh, the helicopter goes over and uh, I'm irritated by it. And I notice that. Well, what if, what if I could be okay with that? What if it doesn't matter whether the helicopter's going on? What is being threatened here? Who cares? What cares? And so on. One starts one's own inner inquiry that allows an inner softening or an inner letting go of the need to (laughs) stop it, the need to control it, the need to fight it or the sense that I'm threatened by it, and so on and so on. So one finds one's own, yeah? So what I hear you saying, sorry, in a way is the sincerity of the noticing. That's, yeah, because it's not what you do, it's the fact that you notice. Because when you notice, you're in meditation. You're in an alive meditation. You're yes. in inquiry. You yes. notice when you notice. You yes. can't notice when you can't notice. Yes. Neither can you punish yourself for not noticing because you haven't noticed. But as soon as you notice, and actually that grows over time, I think, doesn't it? The noticing itself. That's right. You, you come out of the sleep state, which is complete unconsciousness. You start becoming semi-conscious at times you notice, at times you don't. <clears throat> Eventually the the sleep state sort of comes undone and you become acutely conscious of that inner movement, mm. whether it's creating an argument, whether it's okay with what is, because it is, and so on. For me, eventually, initially the the, the sort of being okay with what is uh, yeah not fighting reality was 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 more on a circumstantial level what was really? happening in my life okay uh, for instance uh, when i traveled to india um i had a lot of fear and so on and uh, you know but i went i traveled and i ended up on a beach alone in the dark and uh, lots of different you know people i made friends with uh, suddenly abandoned me and went off in their own direction and i learned to be i i started to to approach it from an inner okayness whatever whatever the scenery was yeah, that scenery of circumstance. It didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything about me. So I stopped creating a story about it. Oh, they've abandoned me. I'm on the beach and I'm alone and it's threatening and so on. I just allowed it to be as it is. So it was a circumstantial or or whatever was happening when I went back to London. There were lots of circumstances happening, unexpected circumstances. Rather than creating a problem out of it, some of it was painful, I started to, if you like, surrender to the flow of life, whatever is, is. And then eventually that became an inner, much more on the inner dimension. So this noticing that we're speaking of, I noticed as this 
subtle, yeah? Movement within, if you like, it was a weather, a weather movement from <clears throat> the sunny days Ooh. to the gray, dr- drizzly days or the overcast days. You mean internally? <clears throat> internally, totally yeah. internally. Yeah, because yeah, you're in a <laughs> weather system. <laughs> no, no, this was in London. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, in that case, cloudy days. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I was noticing the internal weather system, the days when one would wake up perhaps more sunny, sunny disposition, and the days one would wake up with a more overcast disposition. Mm -hmm. And this might vary throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I started to notice that, and it didn't seem to have anything to do with circumstances. Now, I could wrap a whole load of narratives around that and say, well, it's because I didn't do that or I did do that or I'm a failure or I'm a success or I'm I'm a this or I'm a that or this happened or this didn't happen or whatever it might be. But I didn't, yeah? And mm-hmm. so the ending of the argument with what is was on the internal level. It was very subtle, yeah? And in that something came undone. Yeah, so this noticing is what undoes it. (laughs) When you say came undone, do you mean that it was the the movement of, excuse me, of that that led to the, you know, experience that you've talked about a few times? Yes, eventually, but prior to that, I just meant that the argument came undone. I came to right. a place more and more in my life where there was no argument with what I was feeling. <laughs> right. Oh, or yes. what my internal weather system was. There was just no argument with it anymore. Well, that's a good one to 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 uh, communicate because that's pr- pr- a primary, isn't it? To to you know, to look at it within oneself. Yeah, how I'm feeling, because a lot of the argument is just with how I'm feeling or what I'm yes, thinking. Absolutely. It's not, you know, we're very quick to jump with, oh, you said you don't mind what happens, you know, but this calamity, you get hit down, you get mugged, you get, you know, all that sort of stuff. But whoa, 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 whoa. the runaway mind wants mm. to kind of do something with that. But let's just shift to the internal experience. Yes, it's all an internal experience in the end. In the end, yes. And in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> get funny with me. It's kind of, kind of, I, I wouldn't feel complete if I didn't ask you something about um, the, the, the will, yeah, the human will, the kind of, it go to, I, I'm not sure how to get to this, but uh, discernment. Some people who've had bad experiences in life have been abused, wounded, you know, traumatized and all this sort of stuff in a predatorial kind of world who are also on the spiritual path trying to unpack trauma, trying to unpack themselves and stuff can easily hear that that statement. And understandably, I don't mind what happens. Well, where's the balance. I I just need to honor that question because it's a very valid, true question because there's a, there is a, there is a self in the world that needs to, to to be protected. Maybe I think, yeah, or at least on the human level. So, you know, can you just speak to that a little bit? Mm. 
it, it's a question that's become more prevalent in uh, contemporary yeah. uh, spiritual circles because there are more and more people uh, coming to spiritual inquiry or the desire for awakening and self-realization. And inevitably that will include um, a greater variety and, if you like, richness, um, and I mean that word in the terms of variety, of, mm. of backgrounds and circumstances, much of it arising from uh, trauma, whether that be emotional or physical or whatever, yeah. trauma. Um, whereas in the more traditional sense, <clears throat> um, the spiritual seeker would be perhaps one who would it be a, ra a rarer, <laughs> would be more rare, the, the, the true spiritual seeker, um, and perhaps one who had um, lived a life uh, in the marketplace, in the family arena, uh, in the more conventional sense, and then was looking to go within to discover true nature. But today, uh, a lot of the, the spiritual seeking includes how can I resolve my trauma? How can I live with more presence? How can I um, overcome this pain, psychological pain, uh, and so on. And this is all valid. But what I'm saying is that this question uh, that you posited has become more prevalent in today's uh, arena uh, yes. and therefore is more, uh, shall I say, tricky or... Um, well, yeah. Maybe not, yeah. but maybe tricky. So what I'm what I'm leading up to here is from the position of the self that needs to develop the capacity of healthy boundaries. And those healthy boundaries have been violated in abusive circumstances. Then it has to be addressed on that level. Right. To mix that up, and it does it does filter into it. That's why I say it's tricky. Uh, tricky in the sense that it's a little bit fluid. The answer, if you like, the response, the yes, solution, even is is more fluid. There's no black or white here, but it needs to be addressed on the on the level of the personhood. First of all, develop healthy boundaries. First right. of all, develop the capacity to say yes or no. Then you can go to the place of not minding what happens. Yeah, you you address what you know. If you have a, if you're like a leaky, leaky vessel, <laughs> let's address the leaky vessel first. First, get to the leak. Yeah, first attend to <laughs> yes, the leak. Attend yeah. to the, that which is leaking. You know, that's that which is broken, if you like. Yes. And then there's the possibility of going deeper than that to that which cannot leak, that mm. which is unbroken. And if you go 
too fast. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Then you miss something out. On the other hand, if you get stuck on the level of the leaky vessel and you're constantly looking to patch it up and fix it, that could be an endless saga and you end up with a load of armoring to defend and protect yourself. So it's a fluid situation. Attend to what needs to be attended to. But at some point, you need to let go of the vessel altogether and go go to the depth, go to the source, go to that which is unbroken, whether, whether this happens or that happens. Yeah, but, but for most people, yes, attend to that first. Yes, I, I remember even though, <clears throat> you know, to, for, compared to many people, there was... Very little on personal, you know, violation either, you know, from, from parents, just emotional, you know, I know that if the, you know, that, that the five men, however many years of, of, of unpacking of actually emotional catharsis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, prepared the ground for me to embrace this more, you know, subtle, but extraordinarily profound I don't mind what happens. Whereas, I, and this is just confirming what you're talking about. If I'd have, you know, walked into that place and in the first few years being told you've got to get to, I don't mind what happens. I'd have been out of there. I'd have either bypassed, you know, found myself in one of those perennial, I don't, I, I don't care what happens ultimately, which is the, what the bypass interpretation is or else I'd have, just been out of left, you know, and never gotten on the, on the journey in a way mm. in the first place. So, you know, it, it, it it's an important fluidity. I, I hear you it saying it's fluidity fluid. and it's it not tends, fixed. it tends to get very mixed up these days. Yeah. Uh, people seeking freedom, enlightenment, awakening when really they need to be uh, focused a little bit more on the, on the, on the, Clearing the vessel, yeah, yeah, and so on and so on, and then not getting totally stuck in that. So, so it is both. I mean, there yeah. are examples, there are stories um, of people who have been in extreme situations, yes. uh, whether it's Auschwitz, um, yeah. uh, prison camps, Japanese prison camps, uh, extreme circumstances, whatever they are, um, uh, we can find those stories yeah here and there and everywhere or or some of the the saints who were tortured or burnt at the stake or whatever it might be who have had Excuse to th- there wasn't the time nor the uh sort of uh, <laughs> social cultural you know milieu to be doing psychotherapy <laughs> or catharsis but would have to but were were somehow in, compelled Jesus on the cross. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. To cut through, to cut through the trauma, to cut through the abuse, to cut through the torture, to cut through the, the, yeah, imprisonment, to cut through right to the core and to know the light of being come what may. And extreme circumstances can, can, um, yeah, compel us to, to that light to the awakening of that light. Beautiful. Most people in the more everyday reality have a, maybe abused, abusive parents, uh, alcoholism, drug abuse, uh, maybe some physical abuse and so on. 
And whilst that is extremely damaging and painful, it's not on the level of being burnt at the stake or crucified on the cross. So it's not quite as uh, condensed. Yeah. So then it's, yeah. And we are in different culture, historical culture, and so on and so on. So here is the fluidity and the intelligence to do what needs to be done, but also to to know and to have the willingness to know that there is the unbroken, that which cannot be touched. And when you stand as that, when you know that, when you are that, then the whole issue of trauma comes undone because it's from that place you have the capacity to say yes and no. Mm. You know yourself. And there is an natural intelligence of life that doesn't deny the normal physiological or functional um, action or movement towards saying no, enough, the samurai. But even that no has an openness to it. Even that no has no argument in it. It's just, it's just, you know, sort of, if you like divine sovereignty, <laughs> divine integrity, divine authenticity, your birthright, yes or no. It doesn't come from the need to <gasps> protect myself <laughs> or the need to fight something or the need to overpower something. Again, it comes from an undivided place. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, because we've only just been really unpacking as, as cultures, unpacking the psychology of woundedness, ancestral, cultural, you know, in, in within the family for, for a very short space of time. And now it's emerged that, you know, most people have suffered from some form of, 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 of trauma and abuse. So it's, you know, it's part, it is going to enter into the spiritual marketplace, of course, because people, you know, want to escape from their suffering, you know, and, and, and deal with the suffering of the past. So eventually everybody wants the same thing, which is to be free, you know. And, uh, but I also remember, you know, I've read it a few days ago, quote by Muji saying the, and I can't, I can't quote it verbatim at all. The need for psychological or the psychological, you know, dealing with the one's psychological trauma and the, you know, the openness of enlightenment, or I'm putting it very clumsily, are two different things. Now, that's not to say when there are two different things that they don't go like that, because everything is one thing, of course. So there's going to be, but to, but to know that, to have that kind of discernment, one can lead to the other, of course. You know, but 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 to not get that too tangled up is is there's a fluidity of movement. Be total. Right. I've always said be total. One of the things that led me to a certain the, the sense of freedom that I have, such as it is, is that I was always total in what I did. When I was dealing with the emotional fallout from my parents, it took me a long time, but I was total in it. I screamed and railed and let it all go. Now it's gone. There's nowhere, it's nowhere to be seen. You know, and we've all got something. It's almost both until something falls away. I mean, that's where 
Osho's work and, you know, indirectly because it wasn't him that was doing the work or not all of it, but the the therapists, if you like, that that came around him and were doing the work in in Pune and so on. Um, it's both. It's it's mm-hmm. the personal work, the personal transformation, the catharsis, the uh, yeah of, of fam- family dynamics and constellations and emotional energies that have been suppressed, and so on and so on, as well as yes. what we would call meditation. It yeah, meditation in the sense of knowing thyself, silence, the silence of being. It's both. And then eventually that need to, to look into the self, the personhood, the, huh. yeah, the dynamics comes undone and all you're left with is that. But if you're just doing the work, let's call it the, the personal work and there's no rootedness in, in, in being in yes, silence, yes, yes. then what are you going to, to, to be left with? Where's so you'll continue. Cons- yeah. Yeah? yeah. And if it's just this, then there's a tendency to bypass this. Yeah, to bu- yeah to bypass the personal and the suppressed, and then that's what you get in, you know, perhaps some Buddhist communities where it's all about silence, and then there's all these sort of hidden dynamics going on and energies that have been suppressed and they burst out and so on, because none of that is examined or or allowed to be experienced. Yeah. So you must have both. Well, some of non-duality can be a bit like that as well, a bit. Yes, you know, yes, yes. Ten- ten- it's because the tendency is just there, of course, to try and deny the human experience. Yes. But so this both, is what, both. Yeah, this is what Asha was, was really good at because in a way you, you, you have to deal with the one who does mind what happens. And Osho was doing that in a sense. It was, you know, allowing, allowing that one to have its vent in some of the dynamic meditations. Yes, I yes. do mind what happens and it would cathartic. Well, it's, it's the baggage we carry from the past. Yeah. Yeah. It's only the past filtering into the present. It's not, it's not really a, an invitation to mind what happens now and now and now. No, that's right. But it's it the, becomes it's, that. It's the past, but it becomes that because you carry that with you, the suppressed anger, the suppressed rage, uh, the suppressed sexuality, whatever it is. If it's not met and allowed, filters into the now and then colors the now. And then all sorts of <laughs> mess <laughs> takes place. So that's the only reason is to, to clear that, to release it by, by bringing it into the present. But then we move beyond it to know, yeah, that naturally actually comes about more and more, but there has to be some rootedness in, in presence, in silence, in meditation, in stillness. Yeah. It's the container, if you like, sort of container without any boundary. The difference between me and you is that I don't mind what happens. That is the essence of inner freedom. Powerful statement. A very difficult statement in some ways, but such a beautiful statement too take us all the way, all the way home. How should we close this? Is this a, is this a, a finished inquiry? Never. <laughs> is it a, is it a finished? What else I, can we say? I, I, 
I think it's enough for today. I think we've unpacked it a certain to a certain yes. extent, yeah? Yes, we don't have to come to a final conclusion. It's an open inquiry. <laughs> yes, it is, yeah. Okay, Amoda. Um, thank you so much for leading us on this on this uh, journey through the, the Krishnamurti's words, which are very beautiful. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, don't forget to subscribe. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to your, our YouTube channel and uh, share the videos, share the podcast, um, and return. Please comment if you can, if there's any place to comment. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again. Be well. Take care. Namaste. Namaste.